Zachary Bartles, pastor of Judson Baptist Church, and you're listening to Mimi Reads the Bible. Hi, and welcome to Mimi Reads the Bible with Mimi and <laughs> Pastor Zach. Now, some of you may feel it's been a while, but... We're doing better, Mimi. It was four months, and this time it's only been two. <laughs> well, see that? We're practically on time. Practically early. <laughs> but if you remember, and you do get points for remembering, we are in the book of Jonah. And, you know, that poor guy, three days was nothing. Two months. Now he really has trouble. But he's been vomited up, so. Yeah, that's true. Mimi, am I the only one who can't help but think of the Jonah movie with the Veggie Tales? No. When I'm... he the, the asparagus is the is Jonah and he gets puked up and he's like all bleached. <laughs> I hope not. I hope people <laughs> have that picture in their mind. Because you know that smell takes a long time to come off. Yeah. Also, shout out to the fact that Mimi's office chair is the loudest chair in the world. <laughs> So you, you get that right there with Mimi in her office feel. Yeah. And I'm not in Mimi's office. We're separated because we're good kids. Social distancing. We are distanced as can be. I'm in my office. She's in hers. And, uh, you know, we did this on purpose again, Mimi. Yes. It was intentional. The, uh, the gap, I mean. Because last time we wanted to talk about uh, his being swallowed and being in the whale and then being vomited out uh, for Holy Week because of the sign of Jonah, right? Mm-hmm. That Jesus was three days in the heart of the earth and then rose again. And uh, this time, we wanted to talk about reopening. And jo- Jonah's ministry is about to reopen here. Mm-hmm. We are stuff. pretty good on uh, living pictures. Yeah, I think we deserve pats on the back. We can pat ourselves on the back. Mm-hmm. We put some masks on. We can pat each other on the back. I wonder if pats on the back could be the new, like... Uh, hug, you know, just like breezing real quick, pat yes. someone on the back, breeze out, or is that weird? No, I don't think it's weird. <laughs> I saw a guy in our denomination who has stickers people can put on that say either a hug, handshake, or like wave from a distance or stuff like that, <laughs> and people can say what they're preferred, and I thought I wouldn't even dare do that. I'd be afraid that uh, we'd get in trouble uh, allowing the hug option at the moment, but... It's kind of a sad thing, but it's a happy thing that we were able to gather together again on Sunday. Oh, man, it was so cool. And the Sunday, the Wednesday before, we were outside, and both times we had the Lord's Supper. Yeah, that was pretty cool to do it twice like that. But I realized after I sat down, or after they sat down, that I had reached out and touched baby Leah's foot. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't hold back. And I said, oh, I touched that baby's foot. I got to hold baby Leah, actually, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was oh. it was the best. I hadn't held a baby in a very, very long time. And you know me. Holding babies is kind of like uh, like eating for some people. Like, yeah. I, I need that. Uh, I need this to, like... Remember on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond when uh, Peter Boyle would, like, get life by, <laughs> by smelling the... the hair of his grandchildren and, and like and it absorb their vitality um yeah that's that's how i feel about little babies I, if i can't like 
I can watch the funny videos online, but there's something about being there in person and they yeah. see you and they smile that just, ah, that's life. And there's nothing like a baby smell. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a car freshener or like a well, Glade plug-in or something. Well, I think there should be. If there's a new car smell, there should be a baby <laughs> and Intermittently, it just smells like a dirty diaper. Oh, dear. <laughs> you have to push a button on it or something to, you know, just to kind of simulate the experience. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you're the not thing. too unhappy. With babies, they smell so nice a lot of the time. And then, and my son, he's not here. He's 12 now. He probably wouldn't want me to talk about this, but... Um, he was a spit upper, you know, spit oh. up. And if you didn't, if, when my wife cleaned him up, he'd be fine. But if I if I didn't get really down into like the baby flab folds, Mm-mm. like and, and it was like the day before bath day, you know, <laughs> uh, the day between baths, man, he would turn. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, the smell of a baby. Whoa, oh. hey, 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 ho. <laughs> well, yep. Mimi, I suggested that maybe. You ought to, just to reorient people, or as some people say, trying to get me to um, hate them, uh, reorientate. It doesn't work. I don't hate them, but they're trying by saying orientate. Uh, To reorient people, uh, maybe you could read... You're all quiet now. Was that over the line? I was listening. Oh, okay. I thought maybe I said something very non-pastoral, and I probably did. Uh, Oh, my chair! If you have a very loose grasp on the English language and it's your first language, I still love you. Uh, I just want to help you, is the thing. Um, Jonah chapter 2 verse 8 is where I think you should start and do a little overlap with last week. Just to give people a little sense of where Jonah's coming from. Uh, Spoiler, it's inside a a large fish. Uh, When he then returns, he reopens his ministry and gets back out there. Okay, I think that sounds good. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, Forty more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from its throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, 
Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Now you would think, wow, this is a happy ending to this story. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Jonah has learned a valuable lesson about, you know, questioning God and his wisdom. But surely he's learned his lesson. Well, surely he has not. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> I didn't know if you'd catch it or not. That's but, that's how I always heard it as a as a kid in Sunday school, right? Uh-huh. It usually ends here, which yeah. is odd. But I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There is a lot to dig into here. Like mm-hmm. so a little a little teaser. If you're not real familiar with the story, this ain't the end, even though it kinda should be. Um it, it, like chapter four should be epilogue. Jonah yeah. walks around high-fiving everyone, right? And and has learned a valuable lesson and goes back home a better man. Mm-hmm. Albeit probably bleached and smelling really bad, like fish insides. And yet he doesn't. But in this, you know, I want to point out one thing. And then I want to get your take on this whole turn of events in chapter 3. But in chapter 1, verse 15, uh, we read... Uh, so they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. They there being the crew. Yeah, like the Gentile sailors. The, the Gentile sailors, which are, you know, both Gentiles, heathen, and sailors, which had a bad reputation, uh, well, through a lot of history. Um, even though now uh, in America, the Navy is one of the most disciplined groups of people there is. But back then, sailors were known for little other than carousing, uh, cheating, swearing, you know. But And yet they're more, they're more uh, righteous than Jonah. But then in verse uh, 3 of chapter 2, in the midst of his prayer, he says to God, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. And so we see something interesting going on here regarding God's sovereignty and regarding um, causation and uh, tragedy, human mm-hmm. tragedy and God's use for it. Don't we? Mm-hmm. We sure do. He goes on, he says, all your waves and breakers, you know, the men could have just thrown them in. They couldn't do more. But even the waves and the currents and the breakers, they were all obeying God's design at that point. Yeah, all, all of nature uh, is is serving its master, the creator of all of mm-hmm. nature, including men who had their own agenda. Here it's a good agenda, right? They say, even though they're, they're begging God's forgiveness, well, they do it. We're going to throw your guy in. Mm-hmm. Please, he told us to. Don't hold us against us. But they're trying to save lives. And, and yet we find out that God ultimately did this by creating the situation and, and working this out. And then uh, we read that uh, God is at work through sinful men who yes. nailed Jesus to a tree. 
um, that, that God can be at work. And so there's this great question now. I mean, 2020 being the dumpster fire it has been, you know, did God do all this? Uh, and, you know, the easy answer is no or yes. Uh, but probably the biblical answer is, eh. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, that whenever, you know, the, the reason that there's suffering and sorrow and trouble and, and great fish swallowing people in waves and disease and sickness and wars and, and all the stuff there is, is because of the fall. And yet, in these things, God is still working out his redemptive plan. Uh, we see that from the very beginning. When sin comes into the picture and God says, I, I'm going to save you, he's going to do it through what's happening on earth. And the climax of that is the most evil thing that can happen. God the Son being murdered. But ramping up to that is an awful lot of other evil things that, you know, even as Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Mm -hmm. And so we can see God doing things for good in the midst of... And I think the book of Revelation is rife with this stuff. Um, I read it with a a millennial grid, uh, not as some kind of uh, code for what's going to happen in the future that I, you know, I have to decode the newspaper headlines, but rather as... Uh, a picture, a description of, of what the church age looks like. And for uh, all of these trumpets to be sounded, they're waking people up. A lot of people who wouldn't have thought about eternity and eternal things and spiritual things and heavy things are doing it now. Yes. So God is using what we have brought on ourselves to further his purpose. And I think we see this happening with Jonah. Jonah brought this on himself, but God uses it even for his own redemptive purpose, where the salvation of one Hebrew sinner is going to, in God's purpose, bring about the salvation of many Gentile sinners. That's pretty cool. I I agree. I I think that this book is such a microcosm of what our role is. And if Mm -hmm. we're ever tempted to see ourselves as the hero of the story... Just read Jonah. Yeah. I realize so often God is glorifying his name and, and extending his kingdom and bringing his gospel to the ends of the earth despite his his big shot best servants. That guy. Uh, not because of. Like, the greatest of these is the least, and, and even our most amazing good works are filthy rags in his sight. He's got to go, all right, how do I work with this Jonah? How do I work with this Mamie? How do I work really? with Zach? Why don't you act like those bad sailors, Jonah? <laughs> right. <laughs> and what did they have that he lacked, I guess, is the question. Yeah. Humility, right? Uh-huh. A sense of, of awe at God's uh, mm-hmm. power and omnipotence and Real repentance. Yeah, yeah, they repent. When Jonah, does Jonah ever repent in that prayer? No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it again real quick and stop me if you hear repentance. I called out to the Lord out of my distress. So he's looking for help. He answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, into the flood surrounding me. All your waves and all your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Mm, Maybe implied repentance? The waters closed in over me. He's describing what happened to him. Weeds wrapped around my head, the root of the mountain. Now to where you started reading. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you. He's praying for deliverance, mm-hmm. but not necessarily for forgiveness. Those what? who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. He's talking about God's uh, covenant loyalty, his chesed. 
in the Hebrew, uh, which is a very loaded term, that God is faithful when we're faithless. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. In that, maybe, is where we have the, the strongest hint of, of some sense of, I've sinned and there needs to be a sacrifice. What I have vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to the Lord. And in that, he almost, you know, like when there's almost a beautiful moment, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you ruined it. <laughs> like, I'll pay what I vowed. I'll take care of this. And uh, when, when the greater Jonah comes and the sign of Jonah is fulfilled in Christ, uh, it's not that he will, you know, will will just take care of it. He'll take care of it. Yeah. Our sins. Still, he's still thinking a little too much of himself. Yes. he's He is the, the center of the universe, which becomes so clear in chapter four, right? Mm-hmm. That he sees himself as the absolute center of the universe. So the, uh, we want to be like those Gentile sailors. It's such a funny book. Yeah. And, and certainly they're not portrayed as, you know, the, the moral of the story is not be like a heathen Gentile. It's don't be like them, uh, except for in their putting on sackcloth and ashes and mourning and fasting and, and mm-hmm. repenting. It's don't be like them. Don't be like Jonah. Be, be like Jesus. And that means be jo- lowly and gentle and meek and mild. And, you know, this is one of those situations where it's almost the anti-hero. You know, it's the anti-prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, chance after chance after chance. And even though the people of Nineveh repent, Jonah is still, he's got the stiff neck. That's a weird phrase, isn't it, from the prophets? Mm-hmm. Stiff-necked people? Then again, you read about Jacob using a, a rock for a pillow in the book of Genesis. Wouldn't they all have stiff necks? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that... Um, the choice of an asparagus for to play Jonah really is a good choice. <laughs> yeah, well, he was the most stiff upper lip kind of... He's a British character. His name was... What was his name? Oh. Archibald? That's Archibald, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. That includes some classic songs uh, from the, the credits uh, in the belly of a whale by the Newsboys all the way back to the first song, which is... Driving to the river, Bob. Driving to the river, Bob. <laughs> Good grief. We should watch that movie sometime. We should We should get uh, your granddaughter and my kid. We get here and, and we pretend it's for them, but it's really for us. My um, friend's son used to work for the Veggie Tales. Really? And they did a um, concert or whatever you call it in Grand Rapids. And... I forget what two random children I got to bring with me. (laughs) (laughs) Mimi, a collector of random children. (laughs) Who wants to be my friend? Everyone wants to be your friend. We can have a contest now for podcast (laughs) listeners who are still hanging with us after months of silence to to, uh, be your your friend and go to a concert of VeggieTales. But we went there and then they got to go um, backstage afterwards. But they had a watch where they made sure the children wouldn't see where the uh, other costumes that they had were. If it sounds like someone's loudly re-entered the room, that's because that happened. How you doing, Michelle? Yes. Well, all right. Now you're now you're on on, me on my podcast. There it is. Um, she she oh. thought I was kidding when I said we needed the room. <laughs> <laughs> so what did they sing? They sang all the like like everybody's got a water buffalo and wear uh-huh. a and everything. Yep, yep. And um, then and they had you know some of the other characters too, but it was pretty cool. 
And then my grandson, he was real little at the time, and uh, his house got broken into, and they stole his veggie tail oh. So my friend's son arranged with the higher-ups to send him a complete collection of the Veggie Tales, which was one of his pride, um, you know, proudest possessions, was that Veggie Tale collection. That's very cool. Yeah, I yeah. almost said, hopefully, whoever got it uh, watched it and then. You know, got well, saved. Well, you had to, you had to but, wonder, uh, why would they take it? Well, probably they thought they could sell it at Disco Round or wherever uh, in Grand Rapids. But the thing is, Somebody later got on, it. Phil Fisher was like, yeah, we never really told anyone how to get saved. Yeah. We told them how to live Christianly, but not how to be Christians. And the stuff he's done after that uh, has <laughs> been so gospel-centered and just as entertaining. Yes. That guy is a hero of mine. And he wrote a really cool piece about the kind of racial injustice stuff going on. Uh, oh, that he? I shared I around a lot. He's a thoughtful guy and very well versed in the Bible, church history, theology, and also uh, talking vegetables. Yeah, what a great organization! And it just kind of to be. When's the last time we were innovating? I mean, like I remember this goes back twenty some years. Christians were doing ska music when it was still brand new. You remember when <laughs> ska music was popular for like five minutes? And and during that like mid nineties. All of a sudden, instead of being seven years behind the world, there was a at least a stripe of Christian music that was kind of like cutting edge. But that didn't last too long. Yeah. But with VeggieTales, it's like we'd barely seen CGI graphics uh, that looked good enough to to ignore you know the boxiness of it and to just sit there and, and be entertained and suspend disbelief. And they came out with some of the best stuff, with some of the funniest gags. With some of the catchiest songs, they were really on top yeah. of it. We, and I was in college when that all came out, and we used to buy those. We'd, and we'd go, and when the new one came out, we'd go and sit on the beanbag chairs in the Family Christian store, which was our campus bookstore, and just watch it. And then we would quote it all the time, like it was, you know, a Mel Brooks movie or something. Yeah, yeah, there was, and and it was as entertaining for parents as it was for their children. All good children's programming throws in those lines that only parents will get. Mm-hmm. Going all the way back to Looney Tunes up through like the latest stuff from Pixar. If it's going to keep if it's going to be popular, it's going to be because parents are also like, "Oh, yeah, I like to sit there and laugh at stuff and my, my kids are just confused." <laughs> <laughs> That's well, now we're talking about asparagus though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I got good. <laughs> I don't know who got us on that tangent, but but it was a good one. Uh, but Jonah does get up and he does go. I think we want to give him credit, right? Yes. He's been beat down. He's been humbled. He's been humiliated too, which is often the same thing. Some of the best humblings I've had have involved being humiliated. Uh, and he gets up, dusts himself off, tries to wash the stomach acid off of himself, and he goes and he walks around and says the stuff. So he does proclaim the gospel, right? Well, you have to wonder how it came out. Yeah, like the words are just, they're just warning. right? Yeah. He, he doesn't tell them uh, 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. But if you repent, my God is a God of mercy and loving kindness uh, who, you know, 
um, those who love him, he rewards for a thousand generations. He just says the first part. Although yeah. perhaps that's all he was told to say. It seems like that is all he was told to say. Uh, even that he didn't want to say. No. Uh, and, and yet, you're, you're suggesting maybe his tone precluded the idea of repentance. He was savoring <laughs> just throwing out the... And it's clear he expected them to be destroyed. Yes. And so maybe he, he said to himself, all right, I can't avoid going. God's not going to let me go to Tarshish, so I'll just embrace this prophet of doom mantle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty clear that that was kind of what he wanted his role to be, which is, you think about it, you're walking around a city, you're seeing men, women, children, old people, everybody, pregnant women, and, and thinking to yourself, all right, you're all going to be destroyed because you're who you are, rather than thinking my heart breaks with compassion like Jesus is moved with compassion and I want to extend life to you. I just want to warn about death to you. That's hard. That's harsh. It's dark too. (laughs) It is. Good thing no Christians today have that idea. That's right. Do you think that all of us have the uh, probably potential to fall into that or is that something specific to uh, a particular kind of pharisaical hard-hearted person? Well, I think I think we all have the the capacity for it because we do. We're uh, it when and and you meet them. Probably you meet them more than anyone. Uh, people who are so everything's about them, and you're you are can't be that far away from a pharisaical stance and a pharisaical sentence as when you're patting yourself on the back for how good you are and not like other men. Yeah, so the Pharisee prayed, Lord, thank you for making me awesome and not like this other guy. Yeah. Well, the other guy was doing what the Ninevites are doing, <laughs> throwing <laughs> dust on his head and praying, beating his breast and saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, and yet, I, th- I wonder if today we often tend to uh, try and get in that very penitent posture and say, Lord, thank you for not making me like that Pharisee. Yeah. <laughs> right? um, there, there's some irony in that. I know I do. I definitely do. You know, like um, the the really angry fundamentalists I see on YouTube or something. And I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you that I'm not like that. And then that means I've missed the whole point of his grace. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the right approach is this Ninevite approach. Look at how, I mean, this is not halfway repentance. No, and and it was immediate. It wasn't, let's discuss it and see Mm. if we can get, you know, enough percentage of our group who will go. I mean, it was just like in unison, immediate and complete. And they can't afford to do the Augustine thing where he said, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. Because they know they've got a week and they're toast. Yeah. So they've got to act now. So it's, you're right. It's, it's instant. It's top down from the king at the top all the way down to the animals. Mm-hmm. Not even like the animals are allowed to eat. Everyone's fasting. Everyone's wearing sackcloth. Everyone is, is going to be just completely crying out to God and let everyone turn from his way. So it's not just, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's an actual because rep- repentance I don't know. Do you know these these two words? The the Greek word metanoia, which is translated repentance, means a change of mind. And then the Hebrew mm-hmm. word shuv means 
a change of direction. It means to turn right. or return. And I think both of those aspects have to be there, right? Mm -hmm. you, so God gives the new heart. You, you, you change the way you think and your desires. And, but not just that, not just something internal and God, I'm sorry and I feel bad, but there's a change of direction. Now I'm walking in a different way and they have all of it. Mm -hmm. God saw that and he, he saw that they turned from their evil way, relented of the disaster, probably the King James says of the evil that he had said he would do to them and he did not do it. What was that? Did you just get a cool new message or something? No, I touched it. <laughs> Mimi, touching computers and making them ding since the late 80s. Um, so, yeah, I think that if it did end here, there would be a different emphasis. But even mm -hmm. though it doesn't end here, we still get uh, the benefit of this chapter, which yes. shows us uh, the proper way to approach a God that is holy. And I think that it is so much of God's um, compassion that he had compassion on the um, the Ninevites when they repented to accept that repentance. But he also was, was so kind to Jonah to not say, you know what, Jonah, you're not worth all this trouble. I should have left you in a fish. Right. But yeah. He, and he even he even humors him into chapter four, doesn't he? Yes. Longer than I and and you know, we, we like to think we're all laid back here in America and, and we're not uh, like like those uptight British people who have to have seventy five different spoons and forks and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, you know, Downton Abbey kind of mentality. But at the end of the day, we all have some Archibald asparagus in us where we are, uh, oh, no, 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 no. I am upper crust, spiritually speaking. <laughs> in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm so humble and lowly that I am the elite. That, I think, is swirling around even in our American evangelical churches where, with, with very little pomp and ceremony involved. It's just, I, I love the imagery of the vine and how it gave Jonah shade. She's getting her, you know what, let me throw some shade your way. You're, you're getting ahead of her. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just tried to use a youthful phrase from like four years ago mm -hmm. and it came off very dorky pastor. Well. <laughs> let me read a little, uh, three verses from Psalm 1. No, it's not Pastor Zach reads the Bible. Um, flip over to Psalm 119 if you would please. Uh, and read us um, verses 65 through 67. I'm sorry that our time away from you folks has uh, allowed the pastor for, to forget his place <laughs> and why he's here. I'm sorry, too. I repent in ashes and I'm not even going to let my dog eat today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So 65 to 67? Yeah. Do good to your servant according to your word, O Lord. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe in your commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. Sounds like Jonah in this moment, right? In chapter uh -huh. 3. Before I was afflicted, I was 
I did go astray. I went the wrong direction. But now I'm obeying your word. I've gotten up. I've gone in the right direction to Nineveh. But God doesn't just care about what we do physically and where we go geographically and what we say with our mouths. He cares about our motives and our hearts. And that is where Jonah is going to find himself back in trouble. Mm-hmm. And he's going to long for the days of being in the fish. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a week or a month, or we'll be back sometime. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us at www.churchlansing.com. Scripture quotations this week are from the ESV Bible, Holy Bible English Standard Version, copyright 2001 by Crossway, a publishing ministry of good news publishers, used by permission, all rights reserved. And remember, God's Word is there to be read all the time. You don't have to wait for me. Maybe.